The last of the major pro sports leagues is off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All the hoops betting action, along with every sport, available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time. Head to the Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code BLEAVE, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Enjoy the show. Quigs, did you remember that the Flyers are participating in an outdoor game this season? Because I sure didn't. So I did remember this. And you, you know what's even crazier is I remember where it is and who it's against. Oh, wow. Um, it is against the New Jersey Devils at MetLife Stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Not New York. No. And I can't tell you the exact day because i forgot that it doesn't matter people can easily find that information but the important thing is the flyers are somehow despite the fact that they're openly tanking playing in a stadium series game against the new jersey devils a team that as of this recording right now on november 6th is in second place in the metro seven three and one 15 points and they are definitely one of the contenders to win the division along with the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Rangers. So, and in fact, the Devils were favored by many, many people. So you've got two teams that are just on opposite ends of the spectrum right now, playing in a game that just, in the stadium series, it's fun. I went to the stadium series at the link. It was blessed. But it doesn't quite have the luster of the Winter Classic. It's one that you can easily forget about because the league also hates to advertise these things. They do. Like, every single year, the Heritage Classic, it happens, like, early on in the season in either October. No, I can't remember if it's, like, the very end of October or the very beginning of November. But, like, they have an outdoor game. It's the first outdoor game of the season, and they just don't promote it. Like, I don't know what they're doing. Like, every year, I find out that the Heritage Classic is, like, the next – is, like, tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) Wish I knew about that. And then I just proceed to not watch it. And then I don't, I just don't care. What happens with me is I hear it just happened and I go, oh, well, how about that? Yeah. It's, it's like, they just don't even bother. Now, granted, I know the, the Heritage Classic is like a Canadian thing. It's they, you know, it's sure, always between two Canadian teams, but like my God, maybe people shit. in, yeah. Like maybe people in the United States would like to watch an outdoor game. You ever think of that? Like oh outdoor NHL. games are fun. They are. They're a blast. I mean, they're overly expensive and the view, the sight lines are not fantastic, but it is an experience. It is definitely an experience. And there are too many of them now. I think. Oh, there's way too many. It should be like two, three tops a year. And I feel like there's half a dozen at least. Give me, you know, I'll, I'll take the Heritage Classic, the Winter Classic, of course, and... I'm fine with the two. Give me the two. Yeah, honestly, honestly, yeah, I'm fine with that too. Because like, 
I think the stadium series, like I get it, like sure, but I, I just, I don't, I don't need it. You know, like I, I feel like teams, it should be an honor to play in an outdoor game. I feel like, yeah. And now like just everyone is in an outdoor game just willy nilly every year. Like I think they should, I think it should be the heritage classic and the winter classic and the winter classic. Like they're doing a really good job of making it like different teams now. Like it's not just, it's not just like Boston, Chicago every year anymore. Right. I feel like the penguins, the flyers, Chicago and Boston were all involved in the first, like a few of them, like multiple times. Yeah. The Rangers, the Rangers yeah. were in it too. And like now, I mean, just a few years ago, we saw Dallas and Nashville. Like, and that was awesome, you know? Yeah, more so. of that. More of that, absolutely. But you're right. It should be an honor and people should give a shit. It should be a big deal. And it's just not. It's really not. Yeah, there's just too many. There's yeah. too many of them. But the stadium series is going to happen. I'm probably not going to go up for it unless somebody can make it incredibly easy for me. Like, the Madden cruiser comes and picks me up at my house and oh, yes. like, you know, like let's make it easy and I'll get there. But cause number one, even though North Jersey's not tremendously far for me, I still don't want to go up there. I just don't want to do it. And number two, have you ever North dealt with Jersey Devils fans? sucks. North Jersey, North sucks, Jersey sucks. No offense. I know we got a couple listeners up there. They're great people, but I'm not a fan of North Jersey. And on top of that, on top of that, devil's fans are terrible. Yeah, like, they're just, I mean, well, all ten of them are very bad. They're terrible. I cannot stand them. I went to one game up there, and it was unbearable. It's it's Newark. Newark is a horrible place, Steve. Like, it's one of the worst cities in the entire country. Like, Newark sucks. Trenton? I mean, I know that... They make, and the world takes. I'm just hating on, you know, the rest of Jersey right now. That's not South Jersey. Like... Trenton is trash and Newark <laughs> is trash. Their airport is trash. Like, I don't want to say the people there are trash because like by all We have accounts, some great listeners has, in yeah. North Jersey. We really do. There are a lot of really great North Jersey people. Like, but goddamn, their city sucks so bad. And it's just like I feel bad for them. It's a horrible <laughs> place. You got you got power plants as far as the eye can see. It's hilarious that it's called the Garden State. Where are the gardens? What's the deal with the gardens? What's the deal with that, Steve? So, like, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. It should be the power plant state. And, um... (laughs) The armpit. Yeah. It's shaped like an armpit. Yeah. It is known. Now, I will say, there are, like, it's kind of funny. Like, all the areas of Jersey that I'm hating on right now are, like, the directly off 95 Jersey. There are, like, absolutely gorgeous areas of New Jersey that are, like... It's unfair how beautiful they are. The places where Polly Walnuts and Christopher get lost in the woods, for instance, you know, beautiful places. Exactly. Yeah. But when you're driving up I-95 and you're just some average Joe Schmo going up I-95 or down 95 and you drive through New Jersey, Jersey, all you see are these horrific power plants in these (laughs) disgusting, (laughs) filthy cities that shouldn't exist. Taking it hard. Taking it to the streets of North Jersey today. That's where we're at. That's how we're starting this show out right there. But yeah, I, I don't know that anybody's particularly excited for these games. We'll see how it goes. And the Flyers, you know, after having a pretty hot start, are of course crashing back to earth. Recent games have not been overly kind to your Philadelphia Flyers. And 
frankly, as I was saying last week, that's just fine by me. That's just fine because it's all a win-win-win for me because if they lose, better draft pick. Great. If they win, great. I'm enjoying a win, but whatever. Going with the flow. So Friday night, so we last spoke on Thursday night, and then Friday night the Flyers proceeded to go out and just kick the shit out of the Sabres after that very frustrating Wednesday game. So they won 5-1. to one. That was a great game. And then they had a miserable effort against the Los Angeles Kings, a 5 nothing loss. I almost went to that game. I almost got free tickets, and I sure was glad I declined those. That was a good decision on your part, Steve. Not a fun time. They, they did not look good in that game at all. They, it was bad. It was terrible. Possibly. It, I mean, it was easily the worst game they've had all season. Like, I look back at the Senators game. That wasn't great, but like... You know, it wasn't horrible. They at least, the power play did stuff that game. This game, just nothing worked at all. And God, Cal Peterson. <laughs> Cal Peterson. Poor Cal <laughs> Peterson. I mean, everybody and their mother could see this coming because Cal Peterson, as we noted last week, struggled in the AHL, has not been a very good goaltender for a good long while at this point. There was a little, there was a little like kind of, Hit, like in the back of my head, there was a little thought where it's just like, you know what? This is Cal Peterson versus his old team. Like, what if he comes back and he has this incredible game, like as a big middle finger to the Los Angeles Kings? Like, what if he? What, what if, if he gets a shutout? Like, what if he does that? And then no, not like not even close. It was the exact opposite. In fact, it was the Flyers getting shut out, and he allowed five goals. It was it was bad. It was damn ugly. Not a good time for anybody involved, but. Here's the important thing. The Flyers are still above the Penguins in the standings. And as long as that's the case, I'm a happy guy. It is funny. Like, you go out, you get Eric Carlson. You got Riley Smith. I think he was a good addition as well for the Penguins. And they are just... Ooh, it's not good for Pittsburgh, Steve. You hate to see it. You do hate to see it. That's a shame. (laughs) It's a shame. Real shame right there. Now, it's not getting easier for the Flyers at this point. You know, Carter Hart. Do we have an update on how long Hart is out for at this point? All I know is that he's day-to-day right now. Um, There was a report that he could be out weeks. Um, It would, I mean, based off of the Flyers' own release, it would appear that that's false. But, like, also you have to wonder, like, how how many days is day-to-day? Like, like are they going to just drag this on for a couple weeks? Because if so... I mean, just call them week to week. So I, I don't know. They're still the NHL and NHL teams are still unnecessarily vague with of uh, disclosing oh. the injuries of players. Yeah, it's a body injury. It's somewhere on his person. He is injured mid body, somewhere in the middle of his body. So that could either be his belly button or that could be just his straight up spleen. I don't know. Like he, his, his. Is this the spleen like can that explode? I don't know, but I mean, that's all we know. It could either his spleen has exploded or he has a small cut above his belly button. It could be anything, you know, there's no way to tell because NHL teams will not tell you shit. No, they won't. No, it's crazy. But you know, one thing I one thing I do want to say about the fly, like you mentioned the hot start to the season, like it was it was an excellent start to the season. Um, and it was one that reminded me a little bit of last season because as some of our listeners may remember, the Flyers 
started off pretty hot last year. What are they? Weren't they like four and one to start off the season last year? I don't and recall, then, but yeah, I remember. I remember last season at one point people were like, they might be good. And I was like, they won't be. I know they won't. Exactly. Yeah. And the exact same thing has happened this year. Like after four <laughs> games, the Flyers were three and one and they had just beaten Vancouver, who by all accounts looks outstanding to start this year, like a legit playoff team. And then they beat Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And then they hung in there with the Dallas Stars and the Golden Knights. And then they beat Minnesota. And people were thinking, oh, like, is this team, you know, could this surprise people? And then the Anaheim Ducks game happened. And then things just started to get a little rough. So they started the season winning three of their first four. Since then, they have lost six of their last eight. So, That's uh, not ideal. Not great. Though. Not great. No. Not great. No. Luckily, Steve, they have a good opportunity to get a nice, good, clean, convincing dub tomorrow, i.e. Tuesday night. We are recording this on a Monday night. Um, against the very good, very competitive San Jose Sharks. Oh, yes. The San Jose Sharks, just one of the top teams in the league as of this recording. And in terms of losing. They're one of the top. They, they are might the actually be one of the worst teams I've ever seen. So right now, as of this recording, the San Jose Sharks are 0-10-1. <laughs> they have not won. They've not won a game. They have a negative 43 goal differential. I don't think that's good. I was just looking. Can you name how many of the, the Ducks, top, or not the Ducks, the Sharks top five scorers can you name? I, I was just about to pull up the line combos to read them. And so I'm really glad that you just asked me this question. I, all right. So there's Anthony Duclair. Yes. That's one. He's number three. He's got two goals, one assist for three points and he's third on the team. That's an 11 game. He's third on the team. Okay. 11 games. Um, So Anthony Duclair, that's one. Um, Tomas hurdle. He's number one. He's got one goal, six assists, seven points in 11 games played. Kevin LeBanc. No, not in the top five. Really? No, Kevin LeBanc. Uh, do, I, do I even see him on the list? Is he hurt? He's in there somewhere. Oh, he's in there. He's got to be. He's got one assist. Okay. It, it, wait, so is he in the top six? No. Or no? He's number 12 on the team. Okay. Um, put, to put it this, to put it oh. this way, Anthony Duclair is third on the team. He's got three points. It's it's bad. I mean, this is one of the worst teams. In comparison, the Flyers' number three is Cam Atkinson, who has nine points, six goals, and three assists in 12 games. Yeah. It's nuts. I, I kind of want to look through this. All right. Let me look through this uh, full so, roster again. L- let me tell you real quick. So you've got you've got one, two forwards and a defenseman in the top five. I'm not really familiar with the defenseman. Uh, I've heard heard of the forwards but they're not big names by any means so steve i have an interesting stat for you that i actually learned earlier today what's it and it's honestly mind-blowing the san jose sharks right now they average 1.09 goals a game which to no one's surprise is ranked dead last out of all nhl teams currently okay 
Can you name the team who's ranked second to last with 1.90 goals per game average? 1.90 goals per game average. Let's see. Is it is it Nashville? It's not. Okay. Is it give me two more guesses here. Give me two more guesses. I'm trying to think who who's very, very shitty. Is it the Pittsburgh Penguins? It's not. The Penguins actually they just put up a a ten burger on That's right, on San Jose, right? Yeah, on San Jose. Two two ten goal games back to back. That's how bad. (laughs) Holy shit. Like, even the Flyers, for as bad as they've been in recent years, they haven't done that. No, they haven't. They've done some ten game Ten-game losing streaks every year, annually, it would, it would seem, but yeah. not that. But losing back-to-back games, it, it is so hard to score double digits in the NHL. It is insanely hard. And the Sharks have somehow let back-to-back teams do that to them, which is... It's just bonkers to me. Um, final guess, Columbus. Incorrect. Who is it? The Washington Capitals. Wow, that's a legit wow right there. A team with Alex Ovechkin is one of the worst in the league at scoring. They are horrendously bad. Like the Chicago it. Blackhawks are significantly better at scoring goals to start the season than. The Capitals are. Well, when you get, you know, a generational rookie, that kind of helps. It, I mean, it does. But yeah. still, it's the Blackhawks, and they are horrendous as well. So, so this okay. Capitals team is, like, holy shit level bad. It is not. I mean, no, well, I shouldn't say that because that's what the San Jose Sharks are. But, like, the Caps are really, really bad. Listen, like, the retirement bad. home, just, it's calling to them, okay? That team is old as shit. I still cannot believe the Tom Wilson contract. I can't believe it's real. I can't believe it happened. (laughs) Um, Listen, I don't even have a problem with the the AAV. It's the term that's so... Like, that is the craziest thing. Bonkers. TJ Oshie is very old. Alex Ovechkin, of course, is very very old. Still good, but very old. Um, I mean, it's just... They're awful right now. It's pathetic. That's just terrible, and I don't feel bad for them in the slightest. Now, going back to the Sharks, your top five scorers, okay? Thomas Hurdle, number one, with one goal, six assists, seven points. Number two, Fabian Zetterland. He has four points in 11 games, three goals, one assist. Anthony Duclair, two goals, one assist, three points. Philip Zadina, who has... Two goals, zero assists, so he's got two points. And then there's actually a whole bunch of guys with two points. Interesting. Up till number 10. So you've got Jacob McDonald, Thomas Bordalo, Luke Coonan, uh, William Eklund, Henry Thrun, and Mario Ferraro. All those guys have two points. They have a bunch of guys with two points. To put that in comparison to your Philadelphia Flyers hockey club, which guys have two points? So to get to two points on the roster, you have to go down to 13, and that's Garnet Hathaway, Tyson Forrester, and Nick Delorier. I'm honestly surprised Tyson Forrester only has two points. I'm surprised by that, too, and no goals at this point. No goals, but, like, I'm surprised he hasn't had a hand on, like, more assists. Yeah. Like, because he's been around the play, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure, for sure. But 
you know, just a, the Flyers have a bunch of guys well above two points and the Sharks have half their roster has only scored two points. It's terrible. Yeah. How much are you expecting the Sharks first win to come in this Flyers matchup? Oh, the Flyers are number one. They're the Flyers. So it's pretty much written in the stars that this is going to happen. Number two, this is an infamous Flyers West Coast trip. West Coast trips never, ever go well for the Flyers. And number three, this is the first game on the West Coast trip. So, you know, those guys are going to be jet lagged. Let's all right. Let's be let's be honest. Like, I, I do think the Flyers will win this game. But like, if you had told me to put money down on it, I'm l- absolutely not doing that. Like, this would be the game that the that the Flyers lose. Like, the Sharks would beat them. I'm going to put and a couple bucks down on it. It is just. It's almost too. Per- it's it's so Flyers. It would be quintessential flyers if they were to drop this game against San Jose and get hand them their first win of the season. I mean, I just, it's like, it's almost too perfect. And that's kind of why I wonder, like, is it actually going to happen? So I'm, I am, I am going to give the edge to the flyers and say that they do beat San Jose. They should like, I almost feel like torch should resign on the spot. If the flyers don't win this game. Someone, uh, I can't remember who tweeted this. Someone tweeted it on um, uh, X, Twitter, whatever, um, earlier today. And basically, apparently, John Tortorella was asked, like, is Tuesday's game against the shark, Sharks a trap game? That's and a he trap says, game. he says, I don't even, he basically said, I don't want to go there. We shouldn't even know how to spell trap game. <laughs> so. Is that I mean, about the intelligence of hockey players or just not? <laughs> I feel like he, I feel like after the Kings game, that was so bad. Like, Torts, I feel like, is going to have the team whipped into shape, ready to go. And, I mean, I just, two, for them to lose to San Jose, they'd have to play an even worse game than they played against Los Angeles. And that is real, real, real hard to do. Real hard so, to do. Yeah. For the record, do you know who the second worst team in the NHL is right now? Uh boy. Um, it's not it... a team you'd expect to be down there. Not Pittsburgh. Not Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is 27th out of 32. Oh, it's Edmonton, isn't it? Edmonton. Two yeah. wins, seven losses, one OT loss. Five measly points for the team with two of the top at least five. Yeah, two of the top like five players in the league. (laughs) Two of the top two players in the league. Uh, (laughs) Like they literally. I think I put McKinnon number two, but that's just me. Yeah, I mean they're up there, you know, and they're up there. It's the thing. Like they have two of the best guys. Period. We were just talking about this a little bit. So like we were talking before we started rolling about how bad Ilya Simsonov has gotten like he right now, as we're recording the lightning are facing the Maple Leafs and Samsonov got pulled in the first period after he gave up four goals in less than 20 minutes. And like, you think the goaltending situation in Toronto is bad, which like, honestly, it's not that it's not horrible considering wall has turned out to be like decent, but 
You look at the goalie situation in Edmonton, and that is shockingly hard. Like, I, I don't understand how they went into this season without... Now, granted, I, I know that Stuart Skinner had a real good... He looked pretty solid last season as a rookie. They were kind of, you know, putting all their chips in the middle of the table and saying, like, all right, we're going we're gonna to trust that he's kind of the guy. We're going to trust that he can keep it going this season. And so far he hasn't, and neither has Jack Campbell. And their goaltending is so bad that I, I, I mean, they have to make a trade. I, I don't know how they, I don't know how they don't. Uh, bring him home, guys. Carter Hart is available. Bring him home. He, we, I would think he would be available, but yeah, you know, he should be available. Danny, no, I, you or Jonesy, somebody in that front office is listening to this. I know it. I know it. Damn it. Just trade him. Okay. I, I'm really, really hoping that this just continues all season for the Oilers. And I, Steve, I think we've talked about this before. I want nothing more than for McDavid or Dreisaitl to demand a trade. Like, I want the NHL turned upside down. I want something nuts to happen. And that would be the de- very definition of nuts. Like, I want, I want McDavid to be like, tired of losing. I'm tired of the mismanagement. I'm tired of not having a good goalie. I'm tired of this, like, awful, just terribly managed team. Trade me somewhere else right now. I'm not playing another game for the Oilers. Like, I want him to pull a Patrick Waugh. It would be the biggest blockbuster since Wayne Gretzky got traded for the Edmonton Oilers. It would be great. Like, that's what I want. I, I'm hoping that this is the start of McDavid just, like, being done with the Oilers. Best player But I'm game sure that's not going to happen. Demands trade. Like, what insanity. And that's the kind of coverage that this sport needs. I mean, if hockey... If you can get mcdavid out of edmonton that actually might be the greatest thing to ever happen to the sport honestly yeah it would be incredible and i mean yeah the gretzky thing but imagine mcdavid and he gets traded to some i don't know like imagine he gets traded to some uh atypical hockey market like imagine he goes to like nashville or something like that it'd be it'd be so it'd be wild it'd be crazy i would love it I wonder where he would even get traded. Like Nashville's intriguing, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know where God help me. If it was somewhere like New York or something like that would just be the worst. God, but Nashville or because the most important thing about the Gretzky trade is that it put the Kings on a map on the map. Like you're saying with Nashville, like it brought hockey to America in such a big way. Which, by the way, is making me furious about Gary Bettman all over again because that should have been how hockey propelled itself into the the next level, and instead they squandered all of it. And now they're a distant four, and they're even kind of falling behind MLS at this point. But that's neither here nor there. It would be fascinating to see McDavid get traded. Oh, it'd be great. And I mean, you talk about you know a team with you know a very small fan base being put on the map. Man, how about McDavid in New Jersey, eh? No. Never, never, ever. Uh, Go, God. God, no. No. (laughs) No. I I was using that as a dig to to annoy devil's people. But I... Considering they're not a real I'm still furious that Dougie Hamilton went there. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know you are. 
that he was your guy. So I mean, yeah, he wasn't like, my guy, but like I thought that would have been a good signing for the Flyers at the time. It made a lot of sense. And was that the same offseason? No, that was the season before they got TDA. I believe it was, yeah. Yeah. Fucking TDA. <laughs> T- I TDA, I, like, by the way, did you see uh did you see TDA kind of it took a little bit of a hit from uh, or took a stick from Barzal? I did. Barstow. Did you see that apparently the Carolina Hurricanes are thinking of trading a defenseman and the defenseman that they're thinking of trading could be Tony D'Angelo? Well, good luck with that, fellas. Yeah. Who wants him I, at this point? I wonder why they're trying to trade him. Jeez. I wonder why. You know, Are they going to break up the gruesome twosome already? <laughs> I don't know. Watch your tone. I have no clue. Well, yeah, watch your tone. Watch Steve. your tone. What are we going to do with all these live recordings of watch your tone now? Come on. I don't know. They got listen. They just both have to retire, and they just got to bring the band back together. Start podding. Maybe they should just both go to the KHL together. They would fit in well. They would fit in very well. It would be yeah. So. Right. Not fun. Not fun. Right there. So we'll see if the the Sharks can get their first win of the season against the Flyers. I am going to put a couple bucks down, but we'll see if that actually happens. The Flyers should win that game. And then they've got tough matchups against the Anaheim Ducks and the LA Kings yet again at the end of this week. And it's a shame. I'm going to be on the West Coast and I'm going to be kind of near LA and Anaheim, but not quite close enough to get to those games. And I'm a uh-huh. little, little irked that I'm so close yet so far. It is a bummer. Um, but perhaps that's for the best because we know how the Flyers can, we know how they tend to act on these West Coast road trips. They're not so. usually good. Although last year they were great. That was an anomaly. A it was hilarious. Like the year the Flyers are horrific, hor- like a, just a terrible team. They sweep their uh, Disney on ice trip. Like that Very might've fun. cost them a couple spots in the draft lottery last year. Very honestly, I think I think it did. I'm not complaining because they really got the one of the best case scenarios given where they were. Yeah, yeah. Well, the best case scenario given where they were. It's uh, yeah. I don't know. It's they ended up getting a pretty good player. So they got a potential franchise changer. I mean, you know, you can't understate that. Like he is a potential franchise changer. I'm just. (sighs) <sighs> so far away. I can't think about it too much. So far away. I have to concentrate on today's flyers. Alas, alas. Before we get, we, we took a couple mailbag questions. Not a ton, but we got a couple. Before we get into the whole mailbag thing, anything flyers related you wanted to talk about? Any particular players you wanted to bring up? Oh, for for the flyers? Um, I mean... Nothing much. I, I feel like we've kind of we so we've only had what one game since our last pod. So like, not too much has changed. I, I mean, if there's one thing to talk about, it's that Cal Peterson is just. I mean, n- not to pick on him. I, I don't mean to pick on the guy, but uh, that I mean, if there's one game that you would expect him to play well in, it would probably be the game against his former team, and he just it was awful. So, I mean, I, he like he went from being the heir apparent to Jonathan Quick to becoming the e- the Eagles to becoming go birds, by the way, go birds. Uh, to becoming the Flyers plan D in net. Well, and also becoming the player basically like 
that he was the throw in in the trade. He was the reason that the Kings even gave them Sean Walker, right? Like, right, right. Know, yeah. Like the, the Kings became the facilitator in this trade for Provorov to the Blue Jackets because they could dump Cal Peterson's salary. Exactly. But like, I'll be honest, like even with Cal Peterson's salary on the Flyers books for now, like it ends at the end of next season. Like they're not depending on him to play. They're not even like, Oh no, I would take that every time if I'm getting a first yeah. round pick. Hundred percent. And honestly, like he's uh, the the Flyers aren't competing, so like I still think that's an excellent trade for the Flyers. It's like, a fantastic trade for the Flyers. Yeah, it's way it's outstanding. Danny Briere did a better version of the stuff that Ron Hextall would do. Like Hextall yeah, had that yeah. insane Hartnell Umberger deal that was like, well, you know, we get out of Hartnell's contract, but you had to deal with Umberger, who was just toast at yeah. that point. Terrible, terrible player. Oh. Watching later days, Scott or uh, RJ Humberger was just so horribly painful. And I hate thinking about it. So no, I can deal with two years of Peterson and he's probably going to be in the AHL for most of it. He's and Bruce agrees. Peterson sucks, but you take on that deal every time. But you know, well, we had two games because we also had the, the win over the Sabres. That's right. Yeah, that is correct. Bobby Brink, man. He got that. He got another goal. Listen, dude, I know he's young. There's a lot left for Like, he's still, you know, there's a long way to go. But, God damn, does he look good. I'm loving the He looks Brinkster, real man. good. The Brinks yeah. truck looks awesome. I'm, I think his playmaking skill is great, and I love the energy and enthusiasm he's been bringing. You know, he's he really could be something special for this team. Yeah, and also, we talked about Tyson Forrestal a little bit earlier. When he starts scoring, it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a, the the floodgates are going to open. I mean, he's going to get a lot of goals real quick. I think he's just like, he's trying to get that first one. Once he gets that first goal of the season, I think he'll have kind of a little monkey off his back and he'll be ready to start like firing it away. He'll be a little more relaxed. And uh, right now he's just kind of fighting it a little bit, I think, but he's putting himself in position to score and he's going to start scoring soon, I think. And when it does, like I said, there's going to be like a little mini avalanche of goals. That's kind of my, that's kind of my little bold prediction, but never going to score. Yeah. The Flyers younger. Oh, there he is. A guy we could talk about. Cam York. Cam York. Well, that actually Benched. comes up on a mailbag question, which we does just, it. Okay. Well, it's a, a kind of a semi mailbag question because it came from the BSH slack and one Kelly Hinkle who asked us a simple question. Does Cam York suck? He does not suck. But he did suck against the Kings. That's the way I can describe it. I feel like he's just, he's still young. He's still learning. What is he, like 23 years old? He's, he's like, young. He, he's going to have growing pains, especially at defense. And especially on this defense. Like, you only have a couple positive role models to look up to on this defense. You have this year's version of Sanheim, which is going well. And you've got Sean Walker. Yeah, exactly. Like there's still, he's still learning a lot and learning to being a defenseman in the NHL is very hard. Like very, very few players come into the NHL as defensemen and they immediately thrive. Cam York is kind of going through the motions right now. Like he's, he's, he turns 23 in January. Um, so he's still young. There's still a lot of things that he's kind of figuring out as he kind of, you know, gets his career going. I think he'll be fine. I'm not worried about him in any way. Um, 
yeah, he got benched. That sucks. But we saw how he responded after he got sent down last season when everyone thought he was a shoe in to make the roster out of training camp, and then he got sent down to Lehigh Valley. He performed great. And then he came up and he performed real well, I, I thought, for you know the rest the remainder of the season once he got called up. Um, so, I, yeah, I think Cam York's just kind of going through the motions. And I think Torts is, I mean, yeah, they're probably going to butt heads because that tends to happen with Torts and some young players. But um, I think Cam York will be fine. I, I don't think he's – I don't think he's bad. I think he's just uh, – learning what it takes to be an NHL player. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's a such a learning curve, especially for an NHL defenseman. It is a tough damn job. I mean, have you looked at the talent that's out there these days? Especially even in the division. I mean, you've got Panarin. You've got Jack Hughes. You've got Jesper Bratt. You've got the entire freaking Carolina Hurricanes, except for Tony D'Angelo, you know? Like, you have some tough damn people to play against every night. Yeah, I mean it's it's really difficult. And like sometimes we've seen him play very well to start the year. Um but like, you know, he's been having a tough time recently. So that's to be expected with young players. I mean, that's just how it goes. So I, I wouldn't be uh uh I wouldn't be n- nervous or worried about him. I think he'll be just fine. He just needs to kind of get out of this slump and you know, like if he gets healthy scratched like at some point that you know, we, we've seen it happen with younger players a lot. And do you want that? No, you don't. You want them playing. But, like, sometimes that's how players kind of figure their, their shit out. So, Dude, it's all yeah, about – I think I'll be fine. Yeah, right. And the thing is, like, he's going to see these bumps in the roads, And it's about how he responds to it. Yes. And if he yes, res- it is. Bonds like he did last year, then we're looking great. Like, people are going to get – like, so if he gets a healthy scratched, like – People are going to get all mad about John Tortorella and they're going to be mad at him for, you know, sitting this kid and then letting Victor Mete play or something like that. Um, But at the end of the day, it really does come down to the player. Like coming back into the lineup, I'm saying like, look, I learned from my, like, I'm better because of that. Like the player needs to respond the right way. And if they don't, then it's just like, oh, well, must not have been that good to begin with, eh? So, I, I mean, that's that's kind of, yeah, I don't know why I keep saying that. I mean, it is a podcast about hockey, Canadian it sport. Is. Makes sense this to me. true. But, like, I just think, uh, I'm not, let me just say this. I'm not pro healthy scratch Cam York. I want him to be playing. But if that happens, that gives him an opportunity to show the coach and to show everybody, like, hey. I am learning from the mistake. I'm the mistakes I made. I'm becoming a better player. Like this is, these are just lessons that have to be learned as a young player. And if it's recurring, then we have an issue, but if it's not recurring and he cleans up things, then that's good. You want to see that. So this is a really interesting kind of chapter in the beginning of his career. I think. Yeah, I agree completely. Agree completely. So on this note, I think this is a good time to jump into our limited mailbox here. So we already went through Kelly's question. Does Cam York suck? And we both agreed. No, he does not. He's just lo- learning and growing. This next one. He's comes, just he's just young and dumb. Yes, he's just young and dumb, as is a, a great number of people on this team right now. Speaking of young and dumb, this next one comes from Jason, who asked if you could have prime Gretzky or Morgan Frost's final 55 games of the 22-23 season, what would you choose? <laughs> um, 
going to take Morgan Frost here, Steve. Oh, it's got to be Frosty. Come on. Yeah, it's got to be Frost. You just can't replicate I mean, that shit. No. I mean, <laughs> it's incredible. Um, wow, what a player Morgan Frost is. What a player Morgan Frost is. It's it's it's. So I'm rooting funny. for like, Morgan. I'm rooting for Morgan, Steve. I, I really am. I'm like, rooting for Morgan. I want Morgan to do well. And it's just funny to watch some mental gymnastics happen about Morgan Frost's play at the latter half of last season. Like, not even the full season, the latter half. Like, I want him to do well. I want him to play like that. But it's also like when he was playing well, he was accumulating points, but he wasn't blowing me away with anything. No, he wasn't. Like, we talked a little bit about it before. Like, he he's not the kind of player so far that, like, dominates and takes over a game like that's what made people fall in love with Owen Tippett last season like and we still see it now like he's the kind of player who like when he's going he's all over the ice making huge plays left and right whether they result in the goal or not doesn't matter like he's creating huge chances and Morgan Frost does create scoring chances like people on Twitter have been talking about that a lot recently like he does generate scoring chances but it's just I feel like he's not the kind of player who takes over a game. And, like, you don't have to be that kind of player to be a good player. But the problem with him, as we've talked about for what feels like eternity now, is the consistency. He needs to be consistent in doing it. And to this point, has he even registered a point? I mean... Are talking about Frosty? Morgan Frost, yeah. Let's like Morgan... see. Where's Morgan Frost? No, he has zero points in six games. Would would put him, I think, third on the San Jose Sharks right now. Yeah, that's right. Um, now, there's only, and this there is... are only three players on the Flyers that are on their stats page that don't have points right now. Mark Stahl, Emil Andre, and Morgan Frost. Yeah. Frost is just... Like, Louis Belpedio has a point. He's got a goal. He has a goal. a goal. Louis... Belpedio, who I don't know who this guy is. I actually do because he used to play for the Minnesota Wild when I covered the oh, Wild wow. for SB Nation. Rip. He sounds like he sounds like a creative player. He sounds like you just let NHL twenty four make a player and you didn't bother changing the name. He sounds like he loves pasta. <laughs> he I does, bet he does sound like he loves pasta. That's for sure. He yeah, um, Louis Belpedio. Um, oh. But- yeah, I, I feel like Morgan Frost is just, he needs to just take his game to that next level. And this is not to say that he's been playing like badly since he got back in the lineup. He's just not doing, I, I want to see more. We need the and guy who's like, the second people, line people can say, People can points. say, oh, yeah, like people can say, oh, Morgan Frost is playing well. It's just his teammates aren't scoring when he creates these chances. It's just like, okay, well, you know what, like, then no one makes this argument when, you know, like if an elite player is making elite plays and their teammates aren't scoring, like no one makes that excuse for them. I I, I don't know. I, I feel like Morgan Frost just needs to, how do I want to say this? He just needs to put everything together at once and he needs to show, he needs results. That's honestly it. It all comes down to there being results for Morgan Frost. And so far, the only result that we have is zero points. Yeah, he has, he's, you know, generated scoring chances and all that. That's all well and good. But if it's not resulting in goals consistently, like it did at the end of last season, 
then that's kind of a problem. So I'm not going to lie for a second. I thought you were going to say he has to sack up. No, no, I'm not. He does not need a sack. up. That's a different podcast right there. He's got to sack up. He's got to be a man. Be a man. You remember that episode of Hey Arnold? Which? No, I do do not offhand. He's like playing basketball or something. And it was just like, be a man. Or maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Well, yeah, it could I be. I I mean, it sounds like something that might have happened on Hey, be a man. football head over there. I feel like I'm getting the episodes mixed up, or possibly even the cartoons mixed up. Whatever. Let's move on. I mean, I also think of like the <laughs> Godfather, where he he slaps Fredo and goes, "You can act like a man." That's right. I don't yeah. know why I gave him Brian Cox's voice there, but you know, when you watch a lot of Succession, you kind of get your patriarchs a little mixed up. Brian Cox. Uh, okay, he's. He's a, an actor, a Scottish actor. He's on the show Succession. It, it, don't worry yourself about it. Don't worry yourself about it. He's also my favorite physicist in the world. Okay, we're on two different planes of existence right here. Yeah, we are. He's a physicist. He's an uh, astrophysicist, to be exact. Wow. Um, he's excellent. Okay. Well, I'm thinking of a, a class. If you ever, if you ever want to learn, if you ever want to learn about the cosmos, you listen to Brian Cox. Yeah, listen to Brian Cox and while he's doing McDonald's commercials or X Men movies or Succession, any of those or physics. Brian Cox talents. When Brian Cox talks about the universe and its origins, the look on his face is as if he's a nine-year-old explaining what Halloween is to you. It's incredible. Yeah. Okay. Continue. Let's move on. (laughs) This next question comes from, I, I don't know. This is like a, a really obscure guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. I know him, but I don't know if everybody knows him. Uh, Bill uh, Meets Martz. Oh, Matz. Matz. Bill Matz. Never heard of him. Yeah, never heard of him. <laughs> Bill Matz, <laughs> S-tier friend of the show right here, <laughs> chimes in with best fight you've ever seen, which is the most Bill Matz question that could possibly <laughs> that come joke. up here. And yeah. so this is an interesting one because there's many different tiers to this. Um, I'll start off with the worst fight I've seen in person. And that was the one where Radko Gudis got Superman punched. Oh, I was at that game. That was so funny. I was like, what the fuck happened? Because we were all gearing up for this fight. Who did it to him again? Who did the uh, Superman punching? He was on the Ducks. Bieksa, Kevin Bieksa. Kevin Bieksa. We yeah. were like, this is going to be a great fight. We were all just revved up. I had a bunch of, I think that was a Bourbon Steve night because I went to Han Dynasty beforehand. So I was revved up for a great fight. And then we just see one punch. We're like, did Gudis fall down? Like, what the fuck happened? And I saw the replay later. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, it, it was that bad. It was it was so terrible. That bad. It was it was awful. So that was the the worst one I've seen in person. The best one I saw in person was probably the Phantoms. I think this was the Frank the Animal by a Lois game back in like '98 or something like that. Maybe more like 2000 because it was like my high school friends, and we this fight happened as we were sitting down, and goddamn, Phantoms games were so much fun back in the day because. We were sitting down. It was probably 7.05 on the dot, and there was a fight. Amazing. Amazing. And the animal fought like nobody else. That guy lived up to his namesake every time. So, two of my favorite fights of all time are both by the same player. 
with two different teams. Um, I wouldn't call them the best fights of all time, but they are sure shit memorable, and I think about them daily. Um, so the first one is going to be, well, uh, let me actually say, let me, I'll start with the, when he was on the flyers, uh, Ray Emery versus Braden Holtby was the funniest. Oh my God. It was so Just funny. Like, like, I still can't Braden Holtby that wanted, to this day. He wanted absolutely nothing to do. He was literally saying like, no, please. Like he was, it was kind of like, no, please don't. And then Ray Emery just Ray Emery him that guy, through him. Like it was so funny. He so desperately wanted a goalie fight that he was willing it to happen. And that was ugly. It was honestly poetry in motion. It was so, it was so funny. Um, I feel bad. I feel bad for uh, Braden Holtby still. Cause I mean, it was just, it was miserable. Um, but I mean, fun to watch for me personally. Um, so yeah, Braden Holtby. And then I'm going to say Ray Emery versus Marty Biron and Andrew Peters. Okay. Okay. Back when he played, back when he played for the Ottawa Senators, Ray Emery was just a bad. He didn't care. And like I remember, I think it was when he was fa- fighting Andrew Peters after beating Marty Biron. He w- like so Andrew Peters had kind of the benefit or the uh, kind of the advantage because he doesn't have all that gear on. So he's just like trying to wail at Ray Emery, and the whole time Ray Emery's just laughing, like he's having a fun. He's enjoying it. And it's just, it's so funny. I love watching that fight. And then, of course, uh, um, I feel bad because I'm forgetting the uh, late, great Sabres play-by-play announcer's name right now. But, like, Rick his Gen- call of it. Generate? That's right, yeah. yeah. It was just incredible. So, See, I my Sabres one I always think of is, I always think of Garth Snow versus Steve Shields, which is That's all a good well one. before your time. But uh, back in, I think it was the, was it the 97 or 98 playoffs? Late 90s playoffs. Garth Snow, the man with more pads, the highest pads in history, fought Steve Shields. And goddamn, that, like, I hadn't seen it. I think that was the first goalie fight I had seen live in my life. And it was awesome. Forever remember that one. Uh, Lindros versus Barnaby might be a that was good. top yeah. five fight for me. That is just a beat down and I hated Matt Barnaby. So fucking awesome. And then my favorite, my favorite all time is the flyer senators brawl from, I think it was, it was it Oh three Oh four around there. I think it was Oh four. Yeah. Just insanity. I didn't even catch that one live. I caught it on like sports center afterwards. And if you've never seen this, I'm sure the majority of the listeners have seen this, but if you've never seen this, go look up Flyer Senators Brawl on YouTube and you are in for a treat. This was just, the Flyers are wearing their most hideous sweaters. I think the Senators might have had the 3D logo at the time. Nobody looks good in this game, but my God, were there so many fights. Just fight on fight on fight. Uh, just the bench is clear. Oh, it was fantastic. It, it was great. Yeah. I, I still think back to... I can't even remember who who he did it to, but Mike Fisher was playing for the Senators in some. I can't remember who he was fighting, but he just like suplexed somebody on the Flyers. <laughs> it was just like you watch it and it's like, oh my god, is that guy? And he was fine. Like players, NHL players in the '90s were built different, man. They were, yeah, there was something about them. 
Yeah. Uh, the 90s yeah. were wild times, man. They were <laughs> It was a crazy time. time. Yeah. Yeah, that Senator Mike Fisher, one, man. Okay. Oh, yeah, Mike Fisher. Well, that, that Senator's one had uh, Donald Brashear in it. Donald Brashear might be one of the toughest fi- Flyers fighters of all time. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's up there. I'd he's say up there. he's up there. That was a yeah. big, a big friggin' dude right there. Oh, I actually have another one. Uh, Wayne Simmons versus uh, Tony D'Angelo. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's oh, a good Simmer one. Simmer had some good fights, man. That's a good one. Simmer Sim- had a lot of good ones. Simmer, I can't even remember them offhand, but, man, I just always think of P.K. Subban. You do not want to fight Wayne Simmons. <laughs> yeah, like, it's so funny how good Simmons is at fighting because he, honestly, you look at him and he's like a lanky guy. Like, I know. I don't, I don't know where he gets all the muscle from, but he's so strong. And it's just, it's just weird. Like his, like physiologically, his body and his abilities make no sense. Right. But like if you look at yeah. Donald Brashear, if you look at Craig Berube, like you look at Todd Fedorik, these are guys that are like, yeah, they're fighters. Right. I get that. Yeah. yeah. You look at Wayne Simmons, you're like, nah, no way. And then he'll kick your ass, man. He'll kick your ass like three times to Sunday. And I just remember being so upset about those Richards and Carter trades when they went down. Still upset to this day. But I remember somebody saying, Philly fans are going to friggin' love Wayne Simmons. And yeah. I'm like, all right, well, we'll see. And it was like love at first sight. That guy was just an absolute, you know, he's one of my all-time flyers because, like, the, he did everything. You can't ask for more from a flyer. He scored goals, he fought, he hit, and he gave us all every <laughs> night. Like, perfect flyer. Is he your favorite fighter in Flyers history or is someone else? Oh, boy. My favorite fighter in Flyers history. That is a tough one right there. Because, like, I mean, Chief was a good one. Uh, God, there was an entire line of fighters. The Dan line back in the day. Uh, The Fridge was a pretty good one. Big E would drop the gloves sometimes. Mm. But maybe, and Rick Tockett was a good one. Rick Tockett was like slightly before my time for prime Tockett. I got yeah. older Tockett during my, my prime viewing years, but he was good. Don't get me wrong. Just not as good as like young Tockett who would beat the shit out of people on the reg. But it might be Wayne Simmons. I mean, Wayne Simmons is one of the most complete players as far as fighters go in Flyers history because he could actually do stuff like the flyers. He had a actually was good. Goons. Like, yeah, you know, but he was a guy who he could kind of do it all. He was excellent. He's one of the, he's, he's one of my favorite flyers ever to play uh, for the organization. He's incredible. He's absolutely one of my favorite flyers. And I feel like that's a good off season topic is maybe ranking our all time personal favorite flyers. Agreed. Yes. I would love that. Yeah. Um, you want to know who my all-time favorite Flyers fighter is? Who's that? Ryan White, baby. Ryan White. I don't understand. I loved Ryan White. Like, he was my favorite player when he was on the team. Like, I loved him. I don't – there's no rhyme or reason. I have no clue why I loved him so much, but I thought he was just great. He was so tough. He scored some goals. Like, he wasn't a bad... I think he scored, like, 10 goals for the Flyers one year. Which, like, for a fourth liner, that's, like... It's not bad, so... Bro. Like, Ryan White. Ryan White was the man. I, I loved Ryan White. He was so tough. He was missing the teeth. 
He was just a cool dude. He was I loved a cool him. dude. Yeah. Now, bro, we're forgetting the most important, the greatest player in Flyers history, the uh, greatest player, the only player with heart in recent Flyers history, Ronaldo. Zach Ronaldo. Oh, I Ronaldo. know, bro. Easily the best fighter of all time. <laughs> For some reason, I thought you were going to say Dale Vise. No, the Dutch Gretzky. The Dutch Gretzky. He was not much of a fighter. Like the other guys I'm thinking of, like there was Ronaldo, Steve Downey, who was maybe the dirtiest flyer I've ever seen. Like, yeah, he was dirty. He, he's that scene in Happy Gilmore where they talk about when he tried to stab a guy with a skate, which uh, maybe not the best <laughs> yeah. topic right now. But, you know, like yeah. Downey was dirty as shit. And uh, Carcillo was a pretty fun. I was going to say a while there. Yeah, he was he was a good one. Carcillo could pot the occasional goal and. One of the craziest photoshops I've seen in Flyers history is one where there's this like picture. There's this insane picture of this like Devils fan being basically getting his ass kicked in the upper levels at a Flyers game. And somebody photoshopped Carcillo heads onto all the Flyers fans kicking this guy's ass. It's <laughs> I'll have to post it to the account. I don't know who made it. It's from way back in the day, but it's. It makes me laugh just thinking about it. It because Carcillo just had this devilish look on his face. Well, I mean, he was when he was fighting. He looked like he was just a goblin. I mean, yeah, he, he looked did. horrifying. He did look <laughs> the face, the faces he made. I'm like, dude, do you see yourself? Um, yeah, it, it was funny. What so, a history! Yeah. What a club! The orange and the black, yeah. baby. The orange. And the black. <laughs> it's such a fucking crazy franchise. Absolutely crazy franchise. Let's see. Do we have any other hockey questions? Because it looks like the rest are pretty non-hockey related. Let me just check my X, my Twitter real quick. See if we have anything else. I don't like how you just said, let me check my X. I didn't like it at all. I didn't enjoy it. It, it doesn't sound like you're referring to uh, Twitter. What is... I don't know what you're referring oh, to. Oh, check it up on my X. I don't want anything to do with any of my X's. Yeah. No, no, I'm good. I'm right there with the, you. The hardest, right there with you, Steve. The hardest of passes, my friend. The hardest of passes. Well, it looks like the remaining questions are not hockey-based, which, hey, I asked for everything, and I love a non-hockey question. So I'm going to start with this first one that I don't think is in your wheelhouse, so I think I'm just going to field it. Correct me if I'm wrong here, Quakes, but I think this is just firmly in my wheelhouse. And this comes from our good friend Topher, the gopher. If it flies, it spies on X slash Twitter who asked, what's your Star Wars movie viewing order? Oh, yeah. No, I don't give a fuck about You don't this. give... I didn't think you gave a fuck. I give many no. fucks. But... So, Topher, I, I... For the most part, I like to just stick with OG trilogy. I don't really like to watch anything else, for the most part. You know, I'll watch uh, some of the TV series. But if I'm just watching the movies, I just like to stick to the OG trilogy. That said, if I was going to do a marathon, I would do chronological order. I think... You start with the fucking Phantom Menace and pod racing and all that shit and move on to all those just romantic scenes on Naboo and that great CGI and you move on to the Revenge of the Sith and oh baby. And then I guess you go with uh, Rogue One and I, I guess you throw Solo in there. Oh boy. And well, I guess Solo would come first, then Rogue One and then the OG trilogy and then the... uh. The sequel trilogy. There you go. But yeah, I think you got to go chronological for that, Topher. But, you know, just stick with the original trilogy. And can somebody give me the original copies from the 80s? Because I really hate all the the bad CGI George Lucas decided to throw in there in the 90s. Just 
drives me nuts. Drives me absolutely nuts. So that one was the, the only submission. The Twitter interactions are way down these days. And it, it makes me sad what has become of this once. I'm not going to call it a great site, but it sure was a site that we had a lot of interaction on. Next one up. This one came from Blue Sky. So, and uh, uh, th- thankfully, uh, somebody I actually hooked up with an invite to Blue Sky. And not enough people on there. Come join us over on Blue somebody Sky. Somebody you hooked up with. Jesus I didn't Christ. Hook up with this person. Stop kissing and telling, Steve. I don't kiss and tell, my friend. I don't kiss and tell at all, let me tell you. No, this comes from friend of the show, Anarcho Hockey, who has joined us over on Blue Sky. If you need an invite code, I do have plenty. And Anarcho Hockey asked, Favorite Philadelphia and or Richmond, because that is the uh, the Quigster knows the Richmond, brewery and brew. Great question. I love to talk breweries. I love to talk beer. All about it. So currently my favorite in Philadelphia is a very small one that I actually just went to with uh, Italian Joe from BSH the other day. Uh, brewery oh. Ars, A-R-S, I think it's Ars. It's, they got two locations. They got one on like West Pass Yunk in South Philly, and they got one in Fishtown. Love that brewery. They make great IPA. Everything they make is really good, but I'd say every IPA they make is a home run, and they make some of the best stouts I've ever had in my life. Like their stouts are unbelievably delicious. So Brewery R's, my favorite. Uh, I love the Philly Special. Philly Special is a great hoppy IPA. Uh, they just released a Tush Push one that was a nice hazy. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. They rotate very often. Their Wayne's Pale Ale is kind of a perfect beer. I love Wayne's Pale Ale. And their anniversary stout is this like salted caramel chocolatey ass kicker. And it's delicious. <laughs> but ours those, is my those favorite. sound incredible. Dude, you got to come to ours with me next time you're up. They're fantastic. Also really loving Cartesian, uh, Carbon Copy is a good one, and Human Robot just moved into a space on Pass Yunk, and Human Robot's really great, and they're better in the, like, lager Pilsner area. I got a really nice Czech lager from them the other day, and the space they opened up on... So it was Separatist Brewing, Carbon Copy took it over, and now it's Human Robot. Awesome, awesome space, really cool, so I'm glad they're in there. Those all sound excellent. I've actually become quite a fan of a good stout. I didn't used to drink a lot of stouts, but uh, I'm starting to get into them now. And especially now we're kind of entering that time of year where like, like I tend to like drinking stouts during the winter. Like it's cold outside and I feel like a stout, just, it just kind of warms you up inside. You know what I mean? It, it feels like you, when you have one, you just ate a nice warm stew or I don't know. Um, but yeah, so getting into stouts richmond uh there are a couple so i live in a small neighborhood uh not like in the city um and in walking distance i'd say i am a five minute walk from about seven or eight breweries like this is the brewery section of the town and so um I like this one brewery a lot called Strange Ways, and I love it. It's a light, it's a lighter drink, but the Playday Pilsner is excellent. I love the Playday Pilsner. It's 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 awesome. Um, it's one of those drinks that just kind of goes down nice and easy, um, and it's excellent during the summer, like perfect summer drink. 
you know, get some friends together after work yeah. on a Friday and you just kind of, you know, sip a couple down. It's per- it's absolutely perfect for that. I got to um, say it's it's tough to make a good pills too because like you can make a decent pills, right? But to make like an interesting actual good pills is pretty tough. Like human robots really good at that, but I don't find a ton of places make like really interesting pilsners. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, some they really can be hit or miss, I feel like. Like some of these like craft pilsners, but um yeah, I don't know. I, I, I love that uh, the Playdate Pilsner a lot. Um, and then my other favorite one will be the Vienna Lager from Ooh, I like a Vienna Devil's Lager. from Devil's Backbone. Um, I have kind of a big attachment to this one because every single time I get friends together to go uh, to go hiking. Uh, we we tend to go to like the Charlottesville area, um, a little towards like Western Virginia, I guess. Um, and so we'll go to Charlottesville, we'll do some hiking. And then every time we finish up our hike, we typically tend to go to a brewery in Charlottesville, which there's there are so many in the mountains in Virginia. There's a ton of breweries there. Um, and a lot of times we will go to Devil's Backbone. And I always get to be on a logger after, you know, after our hike and like Steve, let me tell you, after a long, arduous hike, there's literally nothing better than just, you know, a nice, cold Vienna lager to just kind of sip down, relax. And the brewery there is, it's gorgeous. I mean, it's outdoor. You got outdoor seating. It's dog friendly. There's food. I mean, it's just awesome. The Hell vibes yeah. are excellent. You got the mountains all around you, these big bushy trees. Um, it's, it's really picturesque and it's just like, it's the kind of thing, like after a long hike, you go and do that. It's just, it's the perfect day. So, um, yeah, I'll say De- devil's backbone, Vienna lager and strange ways play day Pilsner. Those are my two favorites. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. The, uh, by the way, great, great names all around. I think I've, ha- have I had strange ways? I know I've seen the name strange ways. I've never seen devil's backbone. And I think that's a killer name. It's awesome. It's really good. And just like kind of their marketing me of is good. Haircut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got I don't devil's know. Devil's backbone. I'm surprised you haven't had Devil's Backbone or or heard of it. It's it's oh, I don't know that outstanding. One. I, it's really good. I'm pretty sure I've seen Strange Ways though, and I'll have to to check them out more. But uh yeah, hell yeah. I I love this question because I could talk beer all day. Yeah. I'm I'm not like a huge beer because like I only drink I'm a social drinker. Yeah, like yeah, I don't yeah. drink at home like by myself. Um, but like, you know, when I go out, I, I like to make sure that I'm having some good stuff. And, uh, yeah, there's a, luckily in Virginia, there are, I mean, R- Richmond is known for breweries and tattoos and that's, you know, that's pretty much it. And having a river. You. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Nice dude. Well, I, I love that question. Let's get the, uh, the flight brewery tour together. It sounds like a fun day right there. Oh, that would be Steve. Did we just come up with a uh, new Broad Street Hockey meetup event? Possibly? Listen, I'll I'll talk to Italian Joe and maybe we'll get something together sometime. I would love to just record at a brewery. Like if there's I any breweries too. listening, I am there. Okay, any Philadelphia or greater Philadelphia area breweries, I I will show up 
and I will gladly record and drink your wares and promote your wares on this program. Okay. <laughs> Twist my arm. That would be great. Yeah. Have us over. We'll do a live show from your brewery. We'll support the brewery. We'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll, go watch prom- we'll promote hockey. the beers. Watch some Flyers hockey. And uh, yeah, that'd be a great time. I would love that. Or let's just do it before an Eagles game because that'll be more fun. I can't say actually anything involving the Eagles will be fun after watching yesterday's defeat of the Dallas Cowboys. That, Steve, I have no... I mean... A friend of mine texted me from, she lives down the hall in my apartment complex. And she just texted me like, I assume the Eagles are on. <laughs> and, I was, <laughs> and I was like, why do you say that? She's like, I can literally hear you down the hall. And I was just, just screaming. Like every time the Eagles did something good, like when they sacked Dak Prescott at the end of the game. I was just screaming, fuck yeah, bitch. That was me. Like, that was me. Screaming. And like everyone must have hated me. But you know what? I don't give a shit. Fuck them. I got I, I to gotta let out my emotion. Oh, dude. The, the team the team needed the me. The team needed you. You had to give 110%. Yeah, Bruce was just like, what is wrong with this guy? And at one point, like, I was kind of like scratching his neck a little bit too much. Just going like, yeah, come on, come on, come on, boys. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And like, that was, I think right before they stopped the Cowboys on that, I think that reverse touchdown on the goal line. And then I was like, running like, let's get the good boy a treat. Come on, let's go. Let's get a treat. <laughs> Doing like the fight song the whole time. <laughs> Manic energy. Eagles Cowboys is the only game that like I could not watch in public. No, like, I, I had my Jersey over my face for the last like yeah. minute of that game. I, I couldn't. No, well, I almost choked just, to like, death on PETA when uh, I, we ordered food that came in the middle of the fourth quarter and DeAndre Swift uh, had that fumble and I was oh. eating a bite of like PETA and chicken. I was like, no, oh! <laughs> like it was very close to. Are you talking about the one? Co. Are you talking about the one where you like ran into uh, uh-huh. AJ Brown? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, mouthful I, of PETA and chicken and it was almost night night. It was, I have never, like a game, you you talk about a game, like taking years off your life. That was it. Yeah. I mean, it was. It aged me 10 years. It really did. I was actually this, 29 until that game and now I'm 39. Wow. Yeah. How weird is that? It's huh? crazy how that but, works. Yeah. But <laughs> man, what a, what a game. What a Eagles game. win. Yeah. Dallas didn't. Dallas sucks. Dallas sucks. Forever. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. And uh, go, birds. go birds. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Bye week. I'm so happy for the bye week. And the bye week worked out when I'm on <laughs> they vacation. Need it so it's, bad. it's, I get to fully relax for the bye week. I, I cannot wait for this, bye, especially after a game as stressful as that one. I cannot wait for next Sunday to just like go to the bar with some friends and just totally stress-free just watch other teams play football yep, yep, like nice. and not have anything involved like nothing just rooting against dallas who i don't know who dallas faces next week but maybe i'll watch that game my second favorite team is whoever's playing the dallas cowboys that's right and so i just feel like yeah it's gonna be glorious next week just watching stress-free football yes i can't wait for that final question in the mailbag came from instagram Justin asked, why is the Valley Forge rest stop the worst one on the turnpike? And why did I wait till that one on my way into the big city from Franklin County? (laughs) I don't know why that's the worst one. I don't know that there's any particularly worse ones, but they're, they're, they're all pretty bad, Justin. But it might have something to do with the casino. I don't know. Uh, But let's blame George Washington because of Valley Forge and such. 
It really is all George Washington's fault, I would say. Blame big GW over there. What's the rest stop like in Delaware, the big one? Oh, I don't know. There's there's this one rest stop in Delaware um, off 95 that it's just, it's it's a big, it's huge. I, I don't even, I don't know what it's called. It probably should. Um, it's enormous. Uh, I, I don't know what, uh, yeah, I don't know. But it's got, you know, the essentials in, in there, like uh, Taco Bell, KFC, all that jazz, so. My only thing I think about with the rest stop currently is when we were coming back from the city of Pitts last year, Pittsburgh, of course, we uh, were coming back on Black Friday and we left early in the morning and we were pretty damn hungry and we stopped. And I remember there were two options in this rest stop. There was a, a Burger King and a Popeye's and I'm like, hell yeah, I'm getting Popeye's. And I saw there was a very small line for it. I'm like, done. Emily got in the Burger King line and it was huge and she gave up and got in the Popeye's line with me and we just got like a family meal with just an insane amount of like biscuits. And it was fantastic. It was just tenders and biscuits and fries. And what a way to travel back home from the city of Pitts. Uh, that, that's a pretty uh, perfect way. I would say that's a good call on your, on your part. Yeah. Popeye's always rules. Always a good call. I just love their tenders so much. And I know that's a really like lame, you know, dude, I love tenders. I love chicken tenders. I love chicken tenders is one of my, my top foods easily. It's just, they're great. They, they always hit people hate, but I love them. Love them. Nobody should hate. Don't hate on the tenders. Tenders rule. People be hating on the tenders. Tenders, nugs, give them all to me. I'm all about it. Okay, yes, I am correct in my assessment. It is the, oh boy, hold on. I'm doing Google Street View because that's how annoyed I am that I can't remember the name of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here it is. Delaware. T- yeah, it's the Delaware Welcome Center. I think it's the Biden uh, Welcome Center. How about that? There you go. Yeah. Terrible yeah. place. One of the worst places on earth. <laughs> Delaware? No, not Delaware. Just that Welcome Center. Like, it's... A haven, like when COVID was happening. Oh, it—that's where it lived. Super spreader event every time. It, you it went lived to at the Biden Welcome Center in Delaware. Oh, uh, okay. And now I'm understanding why you'd be intimately familiar with it because going from Flyers games back home and, and vice versa. I see it all the time. Yeah, all the time. Yikes! That doesn't sound fun at all. When did they call it the Biden? I feel like it didn't used to be. Maybe, Biden. maybe once he got elected president. That would make the most Maybe. sense to me. Yeah. yeah. I guess so. Yeah. How about that? How about that? All right, folks. That's it. And that was plenty. But we thank you so much for those that did contribute questions. If you didn't contribute questions, please do next time we do a mailbag. And if you want to contribute questions, guess what? We have multiple sources for you on social media. We are still, unfortunately, on X and Twitter. But we're there. It's Flyperbole. It's at Estee Bomb. Make it Flyperbole for hockey purposes. Quigs. It's Ryan Quigs, right? With a Z? That you just got it. I don't even need to say it. You just got don't it. Don't even got to say it. There you go. It's Flyperbly on Instagram. It's Flyperbly on TikTok. It's Flyperbly on your mom's MySpace. Bringing it back. I enjoyed that last week. But yeah, we're we're all sorts of places. Many ways to reach us. Quigs, I just got to give you that email address too. So people can email us. I don't like to check the email, but I should just give it to you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a good I, way I mean, to reach people. It is. 
Love an email. Um, yeah. yeah, if you have some hate mail for us, send it right to me. I don't care. Flyperbole so. at gmail.com. That's that's right. That, is, so. that is the account. That is the account. I just never check it. Yeah. So I should get on there and check it for the hate mail. I'll find it real good. The haters um, and the losers. That's right. So <laughs> if you got something something to say, well, you, I'm, plop, see, you plop it you plop it right on in there, and I will get a good good laugh. I love those. I'm assuming it won't be hate mail. I'm assuming it's going to be a friendly note from people who just like to say what's up. I would like to think that too. Yeah. How about that? All right, folks. Well. That's it. Uh, Quakes, before we go, anything you want to plug for your work on BroadStreetHockey.com, a site that you should absolutely subscribe to for a low fee each month. Nothing currently, uh, but there's a lot of good stuff coming, fam. You got to keep your eye out. There's some good stuff coming down the pike. So just uh, stay tuned. Uh, A lot of really good writers writing some really good stuff for the old BSH um, I think so, we have a yeah. very strong group right now. I, I really like a lot of the people we have on there, and uh, I think people are crushing it. Yeah, I mean, we got Italian Joe killing it. We got Maddie killing it. Thomas, kill- I mean, we some of the people we have on stuff right now are just—they're really doing an excellent job. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you love to see it. Love to see it. Great people subscribe and make sure while you're subscribing to think you subscribe to this free podcast feed. It's right there. It's free. It's on all the major things. It's on casting Canyon, three men in a podcast. It's over on Spotify, Apple, Google. It's all those freaking places. All right. It's everywhere all at once. All right. Go check it out. Subscribe rate five stars. Please, please, please. I will buy you a beer for those five stars. Okay, folks. We'll see you over at the uh, the craft beer crawl for Flyperbole in a couple months when we set that up. I, I oh, legit, baby. I legit would love to get that happening. I just have no idea how to make the logistics happen on that, and I work in logistics. Oh, wow. Look at that. How about that? How about that? All right, folks. We're going to call it quits, but thank you so much for listening. And until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, 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 wow. As a reminder, this podcast was brought to you by Bet Online. Be sure to use promo code BLEAV, B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.